0: Millennials are grossly underestimated.
1: Their jobs aren't their whole world.
0: They have options, they have the internet.
1: Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level
0: predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours and then you do that again for 40 years
1: and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsensers? Hello. We are back in your ear holes for another episode of Powerful Nonsense, the Millennial Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yildiz. And welcome to the show. Um, So, a couple of things we want to talk about today. It's going to be some good, good conversation, as always, of course. <laughs> it's powerful nonsense. Um, we're going to be talking about the millennial perception of business and their ethics. And most excitedly, if that's even a word, isn't it excitedly a word? I don't know. Excitably. Excitably. Let's go with that. Most <laughs> excitedly. I have a cold, guys, as you can probably hear. I don't even think that's a word. And anymore, it's, though. and it's, it, my brain's just... I'm sure I said this the other week. I'm, in fact, I did. My brain's not working. This is the second time I've had flu in a month. Shocking immune system. I'm wondering if it's the same flu that's just come back to bite me. It's just creeping, lurking around yeah. the house. which it might be. But I don't get ill that often. Well. So something's going wrong. But anyway, so in the second half of the episode, we are going to be talking about the exciting news that came from Instagram, from VidCon this week. Before we get into all of that, uh, we need to jump into the quote of the week. This week's quote comes from Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. which I think is how it is pronounced. Correct. And the quote is, you can learn to change in a state of pain and suffering, or you can learn to change in joy and inspiration.
0: This kind of goes back to a couple of weeks back when you was mentioning, like, you were, like, fantasizing about moving back home. If all shit hit the fan, you lost your job, mm-hmm. everything hit the wall, and then suddenly. I was listening
1: to that whilst I was doing the post, putting it all on the website and everything. I was listening to that again, and as soon as that bit came on, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that would be good. And I started <laughs> fantasizing again. Anyway, sorry.
0: <laughs> That's what I mean. So what you were saying there is, like, sometimes people are forced to make a change in their lives, whether it's, like, illness, whether it's losing a job. But what um, Joe is saying is like there's two options. Like it doesn't always ha- have to happen. You don't have to get to that point that an illness makes you bedridden, and then you realize and you start to respect your life, or you you get an injury that kind of makes you wake up and think, "Am I looking after myself?" But what you can do is actually make a change like today. It's a lot harder, I think, that most people are definitely more motivated by um, pain than they are by like opportunity. Mm. And people will hold back from making changes if it feels difficult, but. A lot of some people, I guess, uh, needed that kick off the cliff just to realize, ouch, that hurt. I don't want to do that again. But um, I just think that a lot of the time you can actually make a change out of, like he says, joy and inspiration. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to wait for something to go wrong. But, um, yeah, I just think, think about that. Don't don't think that you have to be nudged in something. It's, not, it's, the best, it's the worst way. When you go into something out of, like, inspiration, you're prepared, whereas it comes out of the blue. Sometimes people never get back up from something that knocks them down that low, mm-hmm. so... What's your thoughts on this one?
1: There are, I think, there are two sides to the coin, though, right? Because um, I think what so often happens is people are like, "Yeah, I want to make the change because positivity and woohoo, I can do this." But I think actually the reality is that the the risk is too high to make that change. And and I suppose what when it comes to like me fantasizing about being made redundant, it was kind of like, "Well, I've not, I've already lost by that point." So I haven't got anything left to lose, so I may as well go all in on what I want to do. But I but I, I, I think that's what holds people back is that kind of is that risk that comes with making that change as opposed to necessarily because not because they haven't thought about it or do you know what yeah, I mean?
0: And then it goes back to that whole book where they kinda of like interviewed the people who were dying. It's kinda of like that regret. Mm. I think on 10, on ten, twenty years later you'll look back at that opportunity in your life like, damn, I should have took it at that moment. And yeah. so sometimes I think you have to reframe it in your head as like okay things are good but could they be better and actually mm-hmm. I feel like I want to go after this thing and so sometimes it's about like thinking about the regret of it or thinking yeah. about all right what well, if someone tells you you're gonna be dead tomorrow yeah would that have been enough to make you think shit I'm not doing the right thing
1: but I suppose I suppose as well the change doesn't have to be overnight and I think that's what, mm-hmm. so, so often I mean it's what my head went to straight away which is like the whole I'm going to quit my day job because I have a million pound idea. And actually, you don't. Um, Maybe maybe I'm in realist's corner this week. Maybe Uh, you are. But again,
0: like you say, it could even just be a switch in your head that you are deciding to go after something longer term. You're seeing a longer vision rather than thinking Mm. it's going to be such a quick switch. But then at least then it's coming out of, you know what, I'm making this choice. Someone hasn't forced me. I haven't been told I've lost my job. Now I'm going to have to figure out what to do. So... Mm. Yes. Interesting quote to think about.
1: Yes, most definitely. So, let's get into the meat and potatoes with story of the week. So, some interesting stats have uh, come out of Deloitte Research... About millennials and their confidence in business and specifically talking about whether or not businesses actually are, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is, looking at social impact properly, whether or not they actually give a crap or whether or not they are literally just thinking money, 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 money. Well, I, I I definitely think that obviously
0: nowadays millennials are definitely exposed to malpractices in business. It's just becoming more common. I think we've spoke about it lately the whole plastic thing. Like, mm. just people are realizing crap these this plastic is just going into the waste and it's going into the sea, and these animals are dying because of how much plastic we're using. And I think that's just becoming more apparent for a lot of millennials, and they're deciding actually I want to be a bit more sort of held accountable to. My waste, I know for myself personally. Sometimes it shocks me how I like. Obviously, I have a recycling bin in my in my in my kitchen, and I think how quickly that fills up with just stupid oh, yeah. stuff, plastic <clears throat> bottles, cardboard, and you, and it makes me feel like visually every week I can see. Bloody hell! I use a lot of this. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking out the recycling twice a week, which is good to recycle, but then I'm like, well, that's still got to get processed, uh-huh. and that doesn't even include what's usually the bigger amount, which is just my general waste, and so I think. I think people are just saying, well, actually, yeah, we have a choice in how we purchase, which does actually affect how businesses run. Mm. But then on the flip side, it's like, actually, it's up to the actual businesses to plan ahead and say, okay, well, we do recycling, but it's actually, is there other ways of not having to use as much plastic? And I think I heard like recently this week, someone was saying that a supermarket has decided to go plastic free, which I think is a move in the right direction. Mm.
1: Before we unpack all of this, I just want to throw some stats out there. Um, just to give, because it is quite a significant shift that's happened according to this research. Um, so apparently 44% of millennials believe that businesses behave ethically, which is quite telling in itself, so less than half. Um, and 83% believe that businesses are focusing basically on their own agenda rather than actually considering uh the the wider society and this has actually increased from research that they did last year from 69% so up by about just around the 15% mark not precisely but mental math was never my strong point yeah. but around the 15% mark just short of um and actually um the there were, there's just been this massive drop um i'm not entirely sure what this stat relates to Oh, um, Australian millennials saying that businesses uh, have a positive impact on society dropped from 72% in 2017 to 45%. So that's like a 25% drop um, thereabouts. Um, So a massive, and this is in 12 months, massive, massive drop. What's interesting for me looking at these stats is actually... Is it is it s- cynicism coming from A, the businesses and B, the actual millennials and kind of looking at what the businesses are doing and going, come on now, we know what you're really doing. Because as far as I can see, publicly, businesses, and, and I think statistically, because I've done a lot of work in social enterprise, um, businesses are becoming much more socially conscious, air quotes, um, and actually putting more of an, of an effort in to at least appear... To be doing, like, you've got McDonald's, for example, not the most, you, not the best reputation in the world, having had um, just, at least in this country, banned plastic straws. Can I say, by the way, I'm, I'm all for the let's use less plastic, but McDonald's, please, find something different to use than whatever you're using, because them straws, they nasty. Is it the paper, the softness? Yeah, the well, no, no, it's it's not even the softness. You know, when you've got like the cheap cardboard that it feels like it's flaking off. Mm. It's kind of like that, and you. The people need like a bitty, straw at all, I guess. People bitty. Bitty. Blow well, I thought as a... this as well, right? Do people, but but I suppose at least for things like Coke and things like that, yeah, really, because it helps prevent damage to the teeth a fair bit. I mean, you could argue, well, then just don't drink Coke. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but I I can, I, I I think there is an argument for the use of straws, but yeah, I mean, we really need to, I like, I was clearing out my room. I mean, I don't want this to turn into a thing about plastic, but I was (laughs) clearing out my room uh, yesterday. I say clearing out, tidying up my room, which seems to become a daily thing now. And there were four, no, five plastic bottles just. Scattered around, scattered around. Yeah. after like two or three days, and I was like, "What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah." And no, like you say, I think
0: obviously it's not up to businesses to make this as a bolt-on. Like I think actually, people are talking like you hear the words like conscious capitalism or social mm. enterprise, and I do think these are the ways forward. And I think obviously the whole plastic thing has just been getting a lot of airtime, which means that people are going to companies are forced to do something about it. Unless you, it's kind of like a marketing opportunity where. Suddenly, you see everyone mm-hmm. thinking in, in, in people's minds, straws are terrible, they're killing animals. So, straight away, if a company decides, like a McDonald's, to ban straws, suddenly there's so much positive. That's, that's what I'm saying, it's great PR, but I think there's so much more that companies can be doing. And yeah. I think that what they're actually going to see is that actually people are going to be making more ethical decisions in how they shop, which is because of that. You can see that in the rise of veganism, which I think uh-huh. is a clear example of people being more conscious about their purchasing
1: power. But I also think, cause this was going to be my other thing, right? I also think, so I was in Sainsbury's last night and my little local Sainsbury's, it's tiny. And I looked at the, uh, one of the freezers, the ice cream section in there and an undisclosed ice cream company, premium ice cream company, you know, that sort of ice cream. That's not just ice cream, but it's got loads of other things in there. But, <laughs> and I was looking at the prices and, uh, there was like four pound fifty, four pound fifty, six six pounds. And I was like, hang on. Why is that? Si- why is that six pounds? And I went over only the dairy free one, innit? Yeah. I know. And I'm like, hang on a second, guys. I am all for like releasing this dairy free stuff. But let's be real, a tiny tub of ice cream that you're already charging four pound fifty for, your margins aren't exactly low, are they? So if you really want to be socially conscious. Can't you subsidize the cost rather than adding a 30, well, n- not quite a 30%, probably a 20-ish percent premium just because you're like, yeah, this subsidize is some... it. If you really care, yeah. subsidize it. That's... And I love that company. Yeah.
0: Well, I think there, I think at the moment, there's an opportunity where obviously there's a certain amount of um, consumers who are willing to pay slightly higher to mm-hmm. have their ethics not be tarnished by saying, well, that's £2 more, so I'm not going to go with it. Like I know who you're talking about, and I'm obviously I've actually chosen not to buy that ice cream because I think it's extortionate for it what it is. It is extortionate. And it's
1: extortionate a price anyway, yeah. but you know it's a premium brand, so you go, okay, fine. Yeah,
0: but my, my thing is there as well. It's just that it's like, it's like business usually. Obviously, the more competition that comes into the market in that area, and if people are starting to buy a lot more of it, obviously it means production is higher. And I don't know how they work it all out, but I think obviously the more like it always stays at a high price when something is kind of rare. And then Mm. as soon as it becomes a common thing that a lot of people demand, it's like you go get a a vegan pizza or something like that, or a frozen, like a vegan frozen pizza is like six pound and you can get a meat alternative for like a quid. Yeah. And it's like, that's mental. And you think like, why is, what's that difference? And obviously it's down to demand. It's down to how big the company is. There's lots of things that come into it. But I think that, initially that's got to be the case because of production and i think but i also think that people are taking advantage in some ways because they know that the consumer
1: it it becomes a a price inflation thing right because as you say what happens is it's rare so nobody's doing it so they're like well we can charge more because no there's no competition in the market nobody else is doing it so we can charge more because it's the only option they have so they will Pay for it, yeah. in the same way that when you're in a train station you you On have airport. to take out <laughs> a freaking mortgage to buy a bottle of water yeah um it's the same thing it's like well they they need it, they want it, so they will pay, and in those circumstances when you're in a train station you've got nothing else available and you're starving, you're like, yes, I will pay ten pounds for a sandwich because yeah. I'm starving, and it's the same thing right and but then what happens is the market gets more crowded. And what these businesses then struggle with is actually reducing the price because they're like, well, now, mathematically speaking, we're going to lose money if we drop the price. So then these things stay at a premium. But also what happens on the other side in the kind of development thing is the companies. And this is where I think why millennials are so cynical about this stuff is the companies look at the data. They track all of that data. What's going on in the market? What the competitors are doing? Mm -hmm. And they go, well, because businesses, the boardrooms of big businesses work on numbers. They work on nothing else. Their main goal is to give the shareholders more money and keep the shareholders happy. It's about money, 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 money. And whether you agree with it or not, that is how it is. And how the meetings in the boardrooms go is, if we do this, can we make more money? Can we make more profit? And if the answer is yes, then it gets the green light. If the answer is no, it doesn't. And that's basically how it works. That's as simple as it gets. I mean, it gets more convoluted, obviously, because there are other things at play. But that's—it's uh, very core. Cool. Just, just to sort of, obviously, round up this point, I think, obviously, yes, it's obvious that a lot of
0: millennials' competence is plummeting in business. And like you say, if it's a business, their goal is to make profit. But I think one thing that people need to do is just take make themselves accountable. Like at the end of the day, it's the consumer who has the purchasing power. Vote with and your they- wallet but exactly totally that I think that's what you just got to keep in mind if you're moaning about companies being certain ways it's like are you feeding that company by continuing to purchase from them or you might look and they've got an umbrella of different brands that you actually still buy from and I know who's got time to bloody look into the details and figure out which businesses own which businesses but ultimately if you're buying a product that you think is unethical then you are supporting it to continue mm-hmm. so therefore you just need to do what Wayne said and just actually start to think about every time you purchase something that is a vote So if you want it to change, then you've got to change how you spend.
1: Exactly. Right. So, so much to cram into this episode, and it's already whizzing by. So let's hop into what we're really excited to talk about, which is the tech news. So if you haven't heard, um, Instagram, a couple of weeks ago by the time this episode goes out, have launched... IGTV, which of course stands for Instagram television. Um, and basically this is now Instagram's foray into long form video content. It's a very, very simple concept at this point. Um, it's essentially long form video content on Instagram, kind of in the style of an Instagram story, but in the sense that it's vertical video. Um, but it can be, I've I'm only able to upload a 10 minute one I've noticed but there's talk of it being up to an hour but I think maybe it depends that's phasing
0: on phasing itself in, yeah, seeing how the stuff is based on how many followers actually, you have etc maybe et cetera, stuff et cetera, like that yeah
1: yeah but um the wh- what the press is talking about is hour long vertical video on your phone on Instagram um but I think for most people it's probably just 10 minutes at this point as they phase it in um but it's also a sep- it's got a separate app IG the IGTV app which is very, very simple, but you can also, you don't need to download that app because you can get into that exact same interface with a new button right next to your direct messages button on Instagram, which is a little TV logo. You tap on that and it essentially opens up the IGTV app within Instagram. Very, very basic interface. Very, very simple. Gem, what are your thoughts?
0: I like it. Obviously, it's another platform and it's definitely going up against YouTube now. And I think that the the great move here is that Instagram knows it has the eyes on its platform. And what it's done is saying, OK, well, we've, they've probably looked at stats and saying, you know how many people are coming on to Instagram now and actually spend probably more of their time flicking through stories rather than actually flicking through images. And so what they're thinking is, well, averagely, people are spending half an hour a day watching stories which are 10 seconds long. Does that mean they'll actually kind of um be used to going into listening to like 10 minute videos and so for me that's the biggest question because the only sort of downside i see in this is that actually a lot of youtube content tends to be at home sitting on the computer and i think Mm -hmm. that not many people are willing to like download a 10 minute 30 minute video on youtube and have it stream off their data so unless obviously that improves which which my kind of way of thinking is like 5G is going to make that a lot better because suddenly you're downloading stuff quicker rates. There's more unlimited broadband. But at the moment, I'm just like, I feel like a lot of people though it's available. Is it a different way of like consuming content? When I'm on Instagram, it's a short flick. Like I'm going through a few things, maybe over a space of like one minute to five minutes. Mm -hmm. Will I be willing to watch a vertical video for 10 minutes long? That's the kind of Mm. only downside I see in it.
1: Yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure about the hour-long content. I think the 10-minute stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, I quite comfortably went... One of the first videos I watched on IGTV was the IGTV announcement
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I wanted to understand exactly how it works. And I comfortably sat and watched a 17-minute presentation um, on the tube with my phone. Um, Did that smash up your
0: day <laughs> Or does it use a lot less day, I guess, because it's vertical? It doesn't look... at. It's not obviously HD...
1: Well, well, no, it will still be because it's the still still the same resolution as a vertical as a horizontal video, except yeah. it's the other way around. So rather than it being sixteen nine, it's nine sixteen. I wonder whether they kind of like format it so that it's I would imagine they probably do. Yeah, I imagine they probably do.
0: Um, Which in that case, if they could throw, I mean, I'm sure people are considering: do I want to stream a ten minute video? But then they say, well, actually, it's. 20 times smaller than a, mm-hmm. a YouTube video. And you're like, oh wait, so if I, I could watch a one minute YouTube video, I could watch a bloody 20 minute Instagram story and yeah. it's fine.
1: I think it's very, I think it's a very clever move. I think what they, what's very clever as well, at least for the time being, because I feel like Instagram's playing a long game with this because if you go in, the search capability is very limited. The, um, your channel, um, if you set up a channel, is very, very limited. It's essentially just, um, your profile picture and just a a row of the videos that you've produced that uh, with the actual, with an actual video playing in the background. So these pop up over over a video and then you can hide them away. Um, very 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 basic interface. You can't even hashtag a video yet. But I think they're definitely playing a serious long game here because, as I said to you before, um, we started recording. People that are following social media and following the likes of Gary V, who talks about go where the attention is, are going, holy shit, this is such a big opportunity. There is no platform that I can remember that's ever launched, launched with one billion users built in. Yeah, exactly.
0: That is a big
1: one thing. billion users built in on launch. And um, so people like that are going, holy shit, this is such a good opportunity. If you look at my, <laughs> just plug in, if you look at my uh, IGTV video, that's basically what I was saying, like so much white space, so much opportunity for discovery. But I think what's happening is actually the people that aren't following that stuff are going, I don't get why it's such a big deal. Mm. Because the features are so, so simple. And as Instagram build layer upon layer upon layer, which we've really seen in the last couple of years, them really step up their game on new features as that layers up that is going to become so powerful you get a little notification if somebody that you follow has posted a video on igtv next to your direct messages with a little teaser text going this is the title uh so and so has posted this video and that gives you a bit of the title so you can just hop straight in and watch that video straight away. I think the interface is very clever, very simple. Do you
0: subscribe to people at the moment? It's similar, like, a subscribe button. So if I want to subscribe to your channel... Is so
1: you're really already yet? subscribed to my channel Follows based on the fact you. that you follow me, yeah. So oh, it's I tied see. into your Instagram account, which yeah. is where it's also very clever. Yeah. So you've when you start a channel, you already have followers straight So your followers away.
0: are your video subscribers yeah. on Instagram TV, pretty
1: much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it works the other way around, right? Yeah. So... Um, and this is also where I think Instagram being very clever. So it works the other way around. So if somebody follows your channel, they also follow you on Instagram. What I think Instagram's turning into is actually what I think Facebook wants to be. Whereby Instagram is now essentially a personal brand platform. It's gone from being a picture platform to now being a full on personal media company platform. I wonder...
0: And obviously for businesses, it's their complete branding as well. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I do wonder whether or not Instagram is going to be looking to go into the written content platform in the long term Hmm. or whether or not the long-form content captions serve that purpose already. But it's starting to feel like Instagram is now... I mean, Instagram's already been this for a while, but this just seems like the next step. It feels now like Instagram is the place to go to build a personal brand. And I feel like, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg being the genius that he is owns both, but I feel like Instagram now with IGTV is about to eat Facebook's lunch on the personal branding thing, particularly given that you can also advertise on Instagram in the same way that you can Facebook. So it's going to be interesting to see how Facebook and Instagram compete against each other and how they cannibalize each I other. I think
0: he's probably, obviously, everyone was banging on about Facebook video, Facebook video, Facebook video. And I think they've probably seen that actually people aren't watching many Facebook videos. I, how many yeah. times have you watched I don't. a whole video? Do you like know a why? Video on Do you know
1: why one of the main things I don't watch video on Facebook is now? Their ad product sucks ass what does that have ads at the beginning? No. When? About 30 seconds in, like in completely pointless places, mm. just completely disrupts the flow of the video. Like right. it will put an advert in mid-sentence. And you're like, "The fuck is this shit? Turn that off." The people not choose it like YouTube, then where they put I the don't ads. think so.
0: Mm, I think Facebook it decides.
1: It's just it's so yeah. crap. It's Yeah, a of I crap. I feel,
0: I feel that. I feel like when you go onto the Facebook platform, it feels very clunky and messy mm. and I feel. I feel like they obviously again. The clever thing is they go where the attention is. They're seeing consumer behavior. I mean, most people are literally spending all their time on Instagram. Yeah. And so they're just thinking, wait a minute. We see. I think the stories was a great move. Obviously, stealing off of Snapchat. And now this longer form is just saying, wait a minute. Would people be willing to watch a what they would be their usual YouTube videos? And they probably know that like you subscribe to I don't know a few channels on YouTube, and you probably got five to ten people that you kind of consistently mm-hmm. watch. And they're thinking, wait a minute, what if you could just do that over on our platform and they're uh, a set period, like a set amount of time long? Obviously, depends on what kind of content you're after. But if it's a lot of like vlogging, which I think a lot of people follow on like YouTube, I feel like that sort of landscape is perfect for that sort of vlogging it, style. Yeah,
1: I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, we we have we haven't really talked about IGTV in person, actually, mm-hmm. all that much we've um, had at all, have we? No, I don't, don't think we've, goes, no. we've seen each other since it came out. Um, but for me, like, again, my first video, that well, not my first video, my second video, technically, I did for IGTV, but the first one I, I recorded specifically for IGTV, I was like, I know exactly how I want to use this. And it is, it's that vlogging. I I actually thought about it, and I was like, if I can get my workflow good enough, I could very easily, very easily do an actual daily vlog. Very easily mm-hmm. because the brilliance of IGTV is... The problem with YouTube, I think, as a as a content creator, is you feel tied to the desktop with it because uploading via mobile is not great. Mm. Editing all of the details behind the scenes, not great. YouTube was built for desktop. Instagram is a mobile-first yeah. um, attempt at that, and it feels... It feels more natural. Like I'm, well, I've been it just think- re- reduces the friction to actually putting out piece of video also, content. It does, but it also feels wrong to think about editing an IGTV video on a computer. Mm-hmm. For me, mentally, when I think about it, I'm like, it feels like that should be something I should be doing on my phone. Yeah, And so I've been looking at apps that I can edit video in, and I found some apps that I can edit video in vertical and things like that. And it, it feels right and I also feel like vlogging as a as a medium, as a genre, feels, for me, feels more natural to do on a phone rather than do it on a full-on DSLR, mm-hmm. then import it all over to your computer, do all the edits there. I mean, obviously, if you want to do high-end stuff, you're going to have to, right? But I feel like for the vast majority of people, just doing it all native on your phone... Because I was thinking about it. I was like, I can just sit and edit on my phone on the tube. Mm -hmm. While you're in the underground or something. Yeah. And that edit I showed you earlier, something I was just playing about with, that was all done on the tube. And I was like, this is brilliant.
0: So obviously for the audience listening, where where do you see the most value for them in terms of an opportunity?
1: I think uh, if you've been thinking about doing a, a daily vlog or a weekly vlog, I would say produce for IGTV, well produce for youtube import over to igtv but if you can produce for igtv first if it means that you're going to be more consistent if it, with it. yeah exactly cuz the thing about youtube and i do i do think youtube's going to be in trouble now that i that this is launched um i think the th- the thing for youtube has been i mean there's been loads of scan not scandals a bit over the top but like loads of problems with the way that it's been handling uh monetization and creators and things and also one of the things that you consistently hear these days is there's it's such a struggle to start on youtube these days whereas five years ago starting on youtube you still had a bit of a shot but these days it's so saturated of a platform it's really hard to jump out from the crowd whereas igtv because it's so new i mean i of all i follow about 500 people and of the 500 people that i follow I think in the last week on IGTV, I think probably about I've had no more than 10, since 10 videos posted on IGTV from the, from the 500 people that I follow. Two of those from Gary Vee, two of those from a girl called uh, Jade Dharma Wangza, and uh, one from the Globe, hmm. uh, Shakespeare's Globe, um, one from a film company, and then four from a model.
0: Yeah, of these ones that people have practically made for the platform? or these no. people who have just, like, used no. content from elsewhere and yeah. put it on the platform? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so and that's in the first week. And yeah, okay, sure, people are still getting their head around it. I've only posted two videos on there, one actually native to it. But the point is, of 500 people that I follow, only 10 have posted something. I, I posted the same video on YouTube, and I tagged it out as and everything did everything right, transcribed the damn thing, posted this exact same video on YouTube, thoughts on IGTV a couple of days after IGTV was announced. It was a hot topic. And I have had six times the views on that video on IGTV than I have on,
0: uh, on YouTube. My thing, I think, as well, is that I just think that, like you say, there's definitely an opportunity of being, like, an early adopter. But I also think that when I think about what's been super popular in terms of, like... Um, filters Mm -hmm. and uh, like tagging and like you've got all these new things you can now do on your Instagram stories. I think just imagine when they build in those sort of little editing functions then I think video takes on a very, it becomes more like a social video. This isn't like a I don't know, like a vloggy it's going to have its own style of video. And you'll be yep. like, oh, wow, you managed to put pop-up text when you laughed about something. Or you, you, when you laugh, you can put a cry in thing and tears come out. And I think it's really going to change the way that video is going to be. And I think that that's where I see a huge yeah. opportunity because I think it's going to create a new style of content. In the same way so. we made filters and we could write text on it very simply.
1: Well, I feel like I feel like what Instagram did to innovate on the stories idea Yeah. Like Instagram in the last 12 months since they launched stories have really stepped up the game on what stories can be with like polls and GIFs, GIFs yeah. and the slider thing with the emojis. So you can like put a little thumbs up image and basically yeah. get people to kind of rate on a scale yeah. something and or just all stuff like that and building hashtags into the stories, which... Really, Snapchat, if Snapchat had really thought ahead, would have been able to do that. And
0: yeah, what they're doing there is now video becomes a two way thing. You can interact with the video, which YouTube doesn't have, it's just watching. Whereas if you can, if Wayne's chatting around about something on a vlog and he can put a thumbs up slider, And some people could be watching, I don't know whether they can watch live or whether they're just watching along. And you know at that point, when you mention something and you say, well, do you agree with me? Give me a slide. Give me a thumbs up slide. Mm -hmm. In that moment, people can literally, rather than um, hit the thumbs up on YouTube if you agree with what I said. Well, which part... You'll actually have mm-hmm. that data on how people kind of interacted ongoingly with that content. Yeah.
1: And I think I think Instagram, uh, Instagram knows this shit. Thing. You know that Instagram are already planning that stuff. Even just the basic things, like um, again, in my video that I did, I'd posted my show my actors' showreel beforehand, and I'd said in the video, if you are watching on my channel, so not in the for you or popular bit, on my channel, if you want to watch my showreel, just swipe to the left. And what, what it does is you swipe to the left, it moves on to the next video. But as soon as you swipe to the right again and move back to the previous video, it picks up exactly where you swiped from. Mm-hmm. And it's just these little tiny things mm-hmm. that Insta- Instagram are so good on this innovation stuff. And I just think the next 12 months of what features they add on top of IGTV is going to be so freaking interesting to watch. And and I think... I, think you're right it's going to be a completely new style of content it's going to be interactive video on a whole new level um and it's going to be mobile first the white space is great the discoverability is only going to get better and it's not saturated and it's got a billion users i just think such a good opportunity if you are thinking about vlogging or or building your personal brand through video now is the time get on igtv at wayne underscore ingram i'm on there too <laughs> sorry i couldn't resist <laughs> right. but yeah get on there and let us know what you think because i think there is a mixed mixed opinion on this i think some people are going what's the freaking point and then there are other people that are like me and you that are like, oh my God, what an opportunity mm. So let us know what you think. Um, at powerful underscore nonsense on Instagram, not yet on IGTV. We might have to, no, not yet. Might have to do something about that. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at powerful underscore nonsense on Instagram, um, you can comment. There'll be the little episode image art. So, um, comment on there, um, with your thoughts or email us, Wayne at powerful or gem at powerfulnonsense.com spelled C-E-M what a great time to be alive (laughs) so that is it for this episode thank you very much for tuning in as always if you enjoyed the episode please leave us a nice review on the old iTunes Uh, five stars or more would be greatly appreciated so thanks very much for tuning in and we shall catch you next time see you later